Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and we're brought to you today by 4constructionpros.com, and we're sponsored by Caterpillar. We're joined in the studios today once again with Jason Hurtis. He is our product expert on the quarry and aggregates equipment. Also with Lonnie Fritz will be joining us from Heavy and Highway Construction Equipment, and also Scott Hageman, who's going to be our expert on great technology equipment. Guys, it's always good to have you here. Well, one topic that is definitely not equipment, but can impact equipment because of who we hire, is where are we going to find these future workers? Have any of you guys seen any of the viral videos that have gone around about people posting signs on, I think I saw one here in Texas lately that was about someone, a nurse had gone to McDonald's for lunch, and I think there was a poster that said something like, you know, please be nice when you come in. We don't have enough workers because we can't find enough people that want to work. Have you guys seen any of that? Yeah, it's all over. (laughs) It's worse now than ever, it sounds like. Yeah. And Lonnie, I think you were a contractor at one time as well. But one of the things I remember, I mean, I'm old enough to remember back in the 80s even, that it was interesting. You could have an employee that was giving you a hard time. You could fire them and there were 10 people waiting in line to almost take their place. Those days are gone. So one of the areas that I want us to talk about, where are some of the new pools of finding future workers? I've done some things, but I want to see if you guys might be hearing some of this from your contractors as well. Let me just ask you point blank before I share a few things that I've been doing. What are some of the contractors telling you? I mean, where are they going to get their future workforce? Where do you guys see them uh, trying to, to fish in the pools? What pools are they fishing in? Well, it's still the number one pain point for everybody across the board, whether it's operators or service technicians or laborers. It's clearly the number one pain point and what keeps them up at night. And to counter some of that, I've seen some customers get kind of creative using Facebook to start advertising for jobs that they traditionally wouldn't have done. Twitter, some of the social media outlets to recruit and try to find new employees going deeper into the education program, starting at high schools instead of, you know, community colleges or trade schools, starting to already get them gelled up and warmed up for the industry way back in the the high school years. So they've definitely had to broaden their scope to get people interested in at least a aware of our industry for sure. That's exactly right. Scott or Lonnie, you guys have any thoughts on that right off the bat? Yeah, new pools is the key word. And I, I want to digress here just real quick, Brad. You mentioned there was always 10 in line for the one job that just came available. Now it's if I get rid of this individual, I'm not 10 short, I'm 11 short. <laughs> You're right. And as I talk to customers, as Jason says, it is the number one pain point, skilled labor shortage, Mm. and they're trying to continue to find new ways. So they're trying to retain who they have to the point of social media platforms, LinkedIn, Indeed. And I'm a LinkedIn viewer usually and do a little posting. And it's been fascinating to me when I first got my account three, four years ago, it was new feature, new technology. This is cool. Look at this job site. Then the drone footage started coming. Mm. Now what you see is, hey, we want to congratulate John Doe for 10 years. Great job. Yeah. And the next post from that same company or another type of post is, here's who we need. Please send your application. So that goes hand in hand with there's events out there, there's trade shows, there's all kinds of industry organizations all trying to work on the same thing. We've been approached. I know me personally, have I have been approached from a customer that says, hey, would Caterpillar, my local dealer, support 
the development of a trade type school, a training facility, one right. to attract the folks, two to get them trained. That's right. And it really, Brad, is an all hands on deck. Yeah. And I would be yeah. remiss if I didn't mention my two most passionate pools of people out there. And that is one to bring females into the industry. Right. I had some wonderful females that were great operators, laborers, attention to detail, skill set, dexterity, and also our veterans. Absolutely. Uh, veterans that come out after 20 years, yeah. you know, you got a 40 yeah. year old individual there that knows the discipline, taking directions, taking orders, yeah. team effort, all those great soft skills and aspects. Those are just a few ideas of where yeah. we can really try to narrow this gap. Absolutely. Scott, any thoughts you can add? Yeah, I think we need to focus on the, the younger generation. Obviously, there's more of them, but how to resonate with them. A lot of them are assumed gamers. Yeah. So if we can get some gaming mentality in their minds that instead of playing gunfights and things as sword fights, things of that sort on games, they play some type of equipment racing games or something that gets them thinking. And then I know here locally, they've had some career days at schools where the the kids are maybe still only in third or fourth grade, but they're getting them on some of our mini excavation equipment, something that doesn't move fast, but then gives them the idea of what actually happens behind that and how cool it might be just to try to get, you know, crack that nut and get in their head that there is another avenue of something out there that might not have you in debt up to your head with the school loan. That's right. You know, I want to share some things with with you three because I, I really, you know, we've built such a great relationship over the last few years and really respect your knowledge. But I also know you have practical knowledge too, which is to me beautiful. There's several pools that I've begun to explore uh, and fish in, if you if if you want to call it that. And one is in the area of we already talked about veterans and the military is something I'm going after in a large way with my company, and that is going to each state usually has a national guard to start off with. I'm just using that because we're already tied in with a couple of states on that. And what we're doing is we're obviously looking for current workers, any company is right now, but I'm also interested in developing that pipeline for the future. And the National Guard, any military base, I know here in Texas, we're blessed to have several military bases in San Antonio. I've already obviously been beginning to meet with some of those people. So that is definitely a pool. Let me tell you how that works if you're a contractor listening to this. Obviously, someone who's a National Guard may be called up from time to time or an active member in the military. But a lot of times, especially the active military bases that might be within, you know, 50, 60 miles of your location, many times some of the young soldiers or airmen or airwomen in those organizations, you know, they may meet somebody locally, fall in love and decide they kind of want to stay there. So they get out of the service. You will find oftentimes at these military establishments, as I have, that the old days, it was called the personnel department, but the human resources are often very interested in talking to local companies to find employment for their retiring or their soldiers that are getting out of the service early. So that is definitely a pool that we need to, to, to swim in. The other thing that related to military, and I think, Lonnie, you might have said that your heart, and boy, mine is too. My dad was a vet. Um, the, the veterans do offer a lot of things. And even the veterans who may be a little older in years, you know, we do have so many things in construction, not just on equipment, which I know you guys are the experts at, but just in construction in general, we're losing that older generation of people and we're losing a lot of brain power. And so my suggestion is, is that you may be surprised. There may be some people who have retired from the military. They may have actually been 
in some limited way part of a construction. Uh, we had a, a group down in the southeastern part of the country that actually went and, and contacted some CBs. Well, what do CBs do? They, they're construction. <laughs> they're construction builders. So we can really have some fortunate progress in that regard as well. But I would encourage contractors who are listening to this, don't rule out if you're close to any military. Now, I would also say this, that there is sometimes a myth that everyone that's been in the military is automatically disciplined and always on time. That's not necessarily the case. I do think there's more of them that have been through that. But the one thing we found out when we hired individuals from the military background is that they did have a respect for leadership. They knew there was a leadership order to how you went around and processing orders and that type of thing. Let me give you another one, and then I'd like to stop and give you guys a chance to comment on that. One of the things that I'm doing also now is I'm going into the high schools. And, you know, we did have an interesting, you guys I know did a great job at Con Expo with uh, Mike Rowe. And I know Mike has put some of his influence, if you will, maybe with SkillsUSA. I'm trying to get on the board here in Texas. But I say that because SkillsUSA is not going to necessarily produce an immediate foreman for a contractor, but they do promote construction. They do promote those mechanical skills. And a young man or young gal may go through a plumbing or electrical or a carpentry in, in high school at a tech center there in the school district, but that doesn't mean they're going to wind up only doing that. They might wind up being a great operator. So it is interesting that we are going in the schools. I'm on the advisory board of a couple of large school districts here in Texas, and I know what they're doing. And here's the other thing I found out real quick. In some of these programs, if they do not have a class that maybe actually teaches a specialty of construction that you might be in as a contractor, depending on the situation, you may actually be able to help them get some grant money to then bring in a teacher who can teach on that particular specialty. I saw this exactly done with asphalt this past year. Uh, the school, obviously, most technical schools are not going to teach how to put asphalt down. But when the contractor I worked with had a need for that presented, that they were actually able to get some federal money to support some teaching for that. Guys, have you been involved with any of those kind of programs and it's a possibility of recruiting? I've been involved at least in kind of after the fact of, yep. okay, we got this training site or this training program. What can you, Jason, or Caterpillars help support through our local dealer, whether it's machines or instructors or even basic materials? Can we get copies of some operation manuals or some copies of some tech manuals that we can use in class? Can we get a component? Can we get a transmission and start working and teaching them how to tear down a transmission or an axle or one of your diesel engines? So that's kind of been my involvement. And I agree with you, Brad. It's huge. I'm happy to see that contractors are doing it. You know, in the quarry business, I heard from a customer that they're trying to increase the number of tours just to get people, yep. you know, exposed to what a quarry is and show them the operation that it's not some big, dusty, dirty, ugly hole in the ground, that it's actually a good career and let them talk to some of the people that are there on the tour, whether it's a grade school, high school, or, or even technical college. Yeah. I agree with that. We are desperately short of craftspeople in our country, and so we need that. But I, I will tell you that a lot of these high schools that have, and some of the high schools, the districts I visited, have begun to build back up that technical skill training, which I think is awesome. But I tell you what they love. I've spoken to several high school classes just in the past few months. Those kids love it. The instructors love it. And by the way, contractor, if you're listening to this, you can really have some cherry picking with certain types of students who may be close to graduating and are looking for work. So you may have a good opportunity to meet some new people. Let me tell you something else that's interesting. I 
you know, de developing job ads, you know, the old days, and I, I remember doing this back in the 80s, going in and maybe putting up a job ad and sometimes on a three by five, you know, recipe card kind of thing in a bar or a restaurant or something like that. We now have magnified that, built that out a little bit larger, but I'd literally spend some of my time going into churches, apartment complexes, and talk to the management people. Churches and apartments are where some of these people go to. I find the apartments in the areas of town that a lot of your construction workers you found that may live in that particular area of town. I've gone to probably 50 apartment complexes in the last six months, and I always start off going to the managers and say, hey, I'm just here trying to look for people that want a job. Would you have any problem if I hang up any of these job ads? I don't think I've been turned down maybe once, but most of the time it's uh, you go to the laundromat area of the apartment complex. That's the right place to put it at. I've actually been putting posting those up when I actually got asked by men and women if I was hiring that type of thing. Uh, I go to the professional laundromat organizations. I've gone into uh, grocery stores that will post. Some of your large chains like the Kroger's or uh, Publix or uh, the Lowe's and the Home Depot's, they may not always allow that anymore, which I never have understood that because it seemed like that'd be a good thing for them to do. But anyway, but find those, especially in the smaller towns, find those areas where you might be able to post some job ads. Just in the last week, I've had two individuals responded to something they found, and one found in a restaurant, one found in a bar that I'd gone in the daylight hours and posted one. And sure enough, people tore off the phone numbers at the bottom and, and called our, the organization for an ad. That's old school stuff, but I'm telling you what, maybe some of that's coming back around. Any of you guys ever experienced any of that? Yeah, I have, Brad. And again, it goes back to the means and methods for getting the word out, yep. right? And it's no different than us selling a product. If we're not going to tell you about it or it doesn't pop up in an internet search, you're not going to know we have it. So it's driving awareness of the industry. It's like Jason mentioned, the dusty, dirty quarry. Yep. Um, it's perception. And we need to flush out that perception because if you think back in the interstate system, 60s, 70s, even going into the 80s. Look at the machines then. That's right. It had to have big black smoke and a big open cab. And the scrapers were the same way. The dozers were the same way. Now drive by a job site. Some of those machines, just being very blunt here, are nicer than some of the cars you see parked in the parking lot. Well, you got that right. Um, you know, heated and <laughs> ventilated seats yeah. and air conditioning and, and ride suspension and Jason's, you know, it's true. helping engineers to make the best seat in the wheel loader so it's the most comfortable. Yeah. The ergonomics are phenomenal. They are the best. Yeah today than ever before in the products if you look at being an operator That's right. and then you just look at all the other things we've talked about with the way owners value their employees and listen to their employees and do those employee valuations so you got that whole circular approach really trying to attack this issue yeah. and it comes down to your skill set that's best fit looking at the fifth graders and through the eighth graders and you get in the high school and the trade school is We've all been developed to leverage our skills the best we can. And some of those individuals are best fit for the industries. Yep. And I leave you with this one thing. And, and some of the customers I know very well are doing this. You know, there's a finite supply out there, Brad, when you look at the skill set and the available talent. And that is network. Yep. Network. Ask your people, incentivize them if they know somebody that's available because they communicate more effectively now than ever before with their digital devices. Yeah. Hey, my buddy just came available. You know, they closed down a mine or something and leverage that network and try to fill your positions with the available talent pool.
But we could go on and on on this one. Just a final couple things. One of the things we're doing in some of our company settings is creating a concrete rodeo where we're actually going to have about eight to 10 stations for competition and, and publicize and invite people in for that. Those are just creative things. And I guess the whole so what of this is we got to get out of the box and we're going to have to go to some new holes. The place where a lot of workers were at in the past, they don't seem to be there. One of the thoughts I had too is, Lonnie, you brought this up with women. I think there's never been a better time for women to come into this industry than now, including operators. I think women make terrific operators and I've seen that. I've also seen companies give up on people after someone retires. But I'm telling you what, a lot of lot of young, you know, a lot of men and women who do retire from this industry, many times they may go home and do, you know, honeydews for six months and they're ready to come back and do something, maybe not full time, but part-time. So we've got to get out of the box. We have a lot of brain power leaving this industry and we've got to find some ways to replace it and maintain it as long as we can. Hey, this has been fun. I need to close this out. Y'all have been awesome as usual. If you're listening to this, give it another listen. There's a lot of information here, a lot of ideas of how to go about trying to find those workers in places you've never been before. I'm surprised how many different places contractors have found workers that may not have had the skills to begin with, but had an attitude, had a desire to really want to learn. And we can work with that. Well, if you are looking for more information on other topics, go to constructionpros.com to get more of the podcast that we've recorded. In fact, you may find us popping up on a a few of the other favorite podcasts watch you have. And also you can always check out for different kind of resources. Go to forconstructionpros.com or cat, C-A-T, cat.com for some additional information. Some of that may be articles that maybe one of the four of us have written. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Keep looking for those good people. They're out there. You just got to go find them. Good luck. Find new videos from the Caterpillar team on the Cat Products YouTube channel.